1: Iran vows retribution for the U.S. drone strike that killed the commander of the Quds Force. The U.S. prepares for Iranian action, and the Department of Homeland Security warns that cyber attacks are particularly likely. Some low-grade Iranian cyber operations may have already taken place. Austria's foreign ministry sustains an apparent state-directed cyber espionage attack, and the U.K. authorities are taking a second look at the August outages at the London Stock Exchange. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, January 6, 2020. The news, as it's developed over the weekend, centers on heightened tension between the U.S. and Iran in the wake of attacks against U.S. forces in Iran and the U.S. retaliation that killed Iranian Major General Soleimani. Iran has promised retribution, and many believe that such retribution is likely to include a heavy cyber component. Fifth Domain offers an account of what an Iranian cyber campaign might look like. Betting on form and with the initial reservation that Iranian operators have shown themselves capable of innovation and therefore able to mount unexpected attacks, the experts Fifth Domain talked to think a data destruction attack to be one likely option. The Shamoon attacks against Saudi Aramco offer a precedent. Cyber espionage designed to develop target indicators for a kinetic attack is also a possibility. Iran has also engaged in distributed denial-of-service actions against U.S. financial targets, and it has doxxed the Saudi government, so the theft and release of sensitive documents would also be a possibility. Finally, Tehran is believed to have studied Russian attacks against Ukraine's power grid, and they've demonstrated the ability to hit infrastructure targets— including Bahrain's water distribution systems. Iranian operators, we might add, are also known to have taken an interest in U.S. infrastructure. They have been attentive consumers of open-source material on ICS vulnerabilities, and they also conducted one easily overlooked attack, the 2013 intrusion into the control system of the Bowman Street Dam in downstate Rye, New York. That particular incident involved a small flood control dam and had no perceptible effect The controls were offline for repair at the time, but it's an interesting cautionary tale. It was either a proof of concept, or a demonstration, or a shot across the Yankees' bow, or, and this may be the most interesting possibility, a case of misidentifying the target. New York's Bowman Street Dam is very small infrastructure potatoes indeed, but there's a big irrigation dam in Idaho, the Bowman Dam, interference with which would have presented more serious problems. And Tehran's hackers might have believed themselves to be on to the dam in Idaho as opposed to the one in New York. So an ICS attack is among the realistic possibilities. That's also the official view of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Director Krebs tweeted a warning and a recommendation that enterprises brush up on Iranian cyber tactics, techniques, and procedures. Quote, Pay close attention to your critical systems, particularly ICS, end quote. Do note CISA's emphasis on ICS, that is, industrial control systems. The Department of Homeland Security's bulletin on the National Terrorism Advisory System elaborates, in part, as follows, quote, Iranian leadership and several affiliated violent extremist organizations publicly stated they intend to retaliate against the United States, At this time, we have no information indicating a specific credible threat to the homeland. Iran and its partners, such as Hezbollah, have demonstrated the intent and capability to conduct operations in the United States. Previous homeland-based plots have included, among other things, scouting and planning against infrastructure targets and cyber-enabled attacks against a range of U.S.-based targets. Iran maintains a robust cyber program and can execute cyber attacks against the United States, Iran is capable at a minimum of carrying out attacks with temporary disruptive effects against critical infrastructure in the United States. End quote. So, among the Iranian tactics Director Krebs advises everyone to review, the use of proxies figures prominently. A great deal of Twitter traffic associated with Tehran has organized itself around the pre existing hashtags Hard Revenge and Death to America as CyberScoop, citing the Atlantic Council Studies, reports. There's also been one minor attack on a U.S. government website that would seem to represent the work of either Tehran's operators or of patriotic hacktivists aligned with Iran. The website of the U.S. Federal Depository Library Program, a GPO site that makes official documents broadly available, was defaced with Iranian messaging, Forbes and others report. Forbes characterizes it as a noisy attack, which is usually the case with cyber vandalism. The Department of Homeland Security is investigating, and as NBC News quotes CISA representatives, it's too early for firm attribution. Quote, At this time, there is no confirmation that this was the action of Iranian state-sponsored actors. End quote. Silicon Angle, in its reporting, calls the hack the beginning of a potential cyber war. That's not entirely wayward, but it is a bit breathless given that, really, this is hardly like General Beauregard firing on Fort Sumter or Moltke the Younger ordering the Kaiser's troops through Belgium. The affected site itself is neither a high-value or a high-payoff target. It's maintained by the U.S. government printing office as a low-cost accessible way of providing interested citizens with easy access to official documents, like the full text of congressional bills and that sort of thing. The Federal Depository Library was probably a simple target of opportunity, hacked because it was hackable. We've seen that more than once over the past decade. At one time, the websites of small cities in the U.S. Midwest were common targets of this kind of online vandalism, and that wasn't because the attackers thought the heartland was anything like the throbbing heart of the great Satan. It's because the sites were small and casually constructed. It's because they were there and accessible. One odd bit of fallout from the U.S. strike against Soleimani was a run on the U.S. Selective Service Agency's website that actually rendered it temporarily unavailable over the weekend. Younger Americans were responding to a meme that foretold a return of the draft should there be a full-scale war between the U.S. and Iran. There was a similar run on the federal student aid site. Perhaps all of this is due simply to a lingering cultural memory of the way Dean Wormers delivered Delta House's midterm grades. In any case, a resumption of conscription is, to say the least, highly unlikely, but the rush to the draft board site is an instructive incident of the swift propagation of a meme. While people focus on U.S.-Iranian tension, there is, of course, other activity in cyberspace. Austria's foreign ministry was hacked late last week in what appears to have been a foreign espionage campaign. Vienna is being cagey about attribution, as the BBC reports, and cagey about the details of the attack. But the BBC does bracket its own reporting of the few known facts with a review of Russian cyber espionage campaigns that suggests the way speculation, at least, is currently running. And finally, the Wall Street Journal says that Britain's GCHQ is investigating the possibility that a London Stock Exchange outage in August, regarded as an accidental glitch, may have in fact been a cyber attack. The London Stock Exchange said at the time that, quote, a technical software issue had temporarily prevented trading in a range of securities, end quote. but it hasn't, according to the journal, explained just what the issue was. British authorities are looking into the possibility that if the incident was an attack, the attacker's goal might have been erosion of confidence in the financial sector specifically and in Britain's critical infrastructure generally. So by all means, Cheltenham, dot the I's and cross those T's. And joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, also my co-host on the Hacking Humans podcast. Joe, great to have you back. It's good to be back, Dave. Uh, This is a fun one I want to share with you. This is something I came across on Twitter. It's from a a gentleman named Michael Altfield. He's Uh got a a blog, and it's titled, Introducing Bus Kill, a Kill Chord for your laptop. And Michael's addressing a particular security concern here. I shared this with you. You want to take us through what's going on here?
0: Okay. So here, it's an operational security concern. Okay. Not really a cybersecurity concern, Mm. right? Because at the end of the article, he says, you know, what if you've done everything right, right? You've got a password manager, you've got two-factor authentication, you're using a VPN at a coffee shop, right? Right. And you've accessed your bank account. And at that point in time, Someone comes and snatches your laptop.
1: So you're sitting at a sitting at a coffee shop doing right. your business. Yep. Someone comes along. I can imagine you or I sitting there, someone much younger and more fit than either of us, which right. is not hard to do, no. uh, comes and snatches that laptop and runs away. No way I'm catching that guy. And, the, and you're logged in. Yeah, I'm logged in. So they exactly. have access to things. They have access to my bank account. Now. Okay, that's the and scenario.
0: Despite the fact I've used my two-factor authentication, my password manager and my VPN, they still have access to my account. Mm-hmm. Well... What Michael has done is address this concern. Okay. And it's it's kind of a clever fix, but I'm going to start off by saying there's a caveat. Michael has developed this on a Linux machine mm-hmm. where you have a lot more control over what's going on. Yeah. And what he's done is there's a service in Linux called UDev. Now, UDev is the device manager for the Linux kernel. Okay, All right. And in Linux... Like in all the other Unix-like operating systems, everything is considered to be a file at some point in time, including the devices that you plug in to your computer. Okay. And UDEV is how you manage those devices when they're connected.
1: I see. So
0: what he's built here is actually a pretty clever device. He has gone out and gotten himself a USB Cord that has a magnetic connection to it,
1: like a breakaway cord. Right, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
0: the first time I've, I've I saw these cords was when uh, somebody had a deep fat fryer that um, that they put a breakaway cord on. Hmm. Right, and th- the thinking being that if you're running a, a deep fat fryer in your kitchen and a kid comes running through there and they they go- run through the cord because they're kids and they're not looking, that what happens is the cord just breaks away and the fryer doesn't move. The fryer full of hot oil doesn't
1: move. Right, right. And similarly, we saw these uh, Apple had power cords this Apple, way. So yeah, if you, Apple
0: has power cords like this. And yank the cords. Yeah, right. it doesn't
1: pull the laptop to the ground right. and the, shatter. Uh, yeah.
0: Microsoft <laughs> Surface, I think, also has the same kind of cords. Okay. Um, so they're, they're great cords, but this is a USB cord with that feature. I see. So the connection is, a, is maintained via a magnet. Right. Um, and then into that magnetic breakaway uh, adapter, he has a one-meter cable. Mm-hmm. that is attached to a USB thumb drive. And that thumb drive has a key ring hole in it that he runs a key ring through with a carabiner on it. Mm. And then he takes that carabiner and he clips it to his belt. Oh. Right? Or clips it to, him, to his person.
1: So he is tethered to his laptop while Physically. sitting in the cafe. Right. All
0: right. So now what happens is somebody comes along, they snatch the laptop, but in so doing, they break that magnetic connection, which breaks the USB connection. And the UDEV rule says... Hey, that USB device just got disconnected. Lock the screen.
1: I see. Right,
0: mm-hmm. and that's what happens, and that's how that's how Michael addresses the snatch and grab uh,
1: security risk. Hmm. I like it. I like it too. It's clever. I, I I guess I question how. I guess if you're someone who would need this, I guess you'd know it. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's unfortunate that he. That well, it's not unfortunate. I shouldn't say that. Right now, this is only a Linux solution. I'd like to see something like this for Windows. Um,
1: yeah, I it, see some folks in the comments have a version that would work on Mac, which is Linuxy. Well,
0: yeah, it's BSD based, <laughs> right, right? Right. So you could you could absolutely run this on a Mac as well. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to see something uh implemented in Windows. That would be cool.
1: Yeah. But yeah. No, this
0: is this is really cool. I like the idea.
1: Yeah, it's clever. It's yep. clever. Again, it's called introducing Buskill, a kill cord for your laptop. It's uh, Michael Altfield's tech blog. Uh, Check it out. It's kind of a fun little project. All right, well, Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security, And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data